Um, so glad that you are with us. This has been one of those weeks where um, I've had quite a few things going on and then um, uh, came to the end of the week and was just really tired out, really exhausted. So um, experiencing a bit of a lack of, of energy and um, inspiration, all those things that are nice to have. Um, um, but uh, last night as I was um, thinking about um, what I wanted to share and just thinking about just the general direction of our faith community and, and what and how we're going to respond in this moment where um, in some ways we've kind of reached this um, sense of a norm um, where we've created new patterns and new ways of existing and being or working from home. If we have kids and they're school age, they're doing school from home and, and maybe there's some sort of pattern or rhythm that you've um, achieved with that or um, people have already, you know, and along the way there's canceled vacations and graduations and weddings and so many things that are shifting and changing um, around us. And so there's this new normal and yet um, how to move forward or how to think about the future is also kind of tricky. And um, as I've talked with different people this week and so many of my conversations, there's a weariness that I that I sense and that I feel. So anyway, I'll let to say that I, I can identify with that and am experiencing a little bit of that on my own as, as well. Um, but this morning I was inspired and I got excited about a, a passage of scripture that I normally don't think I would be excited about, something that I would normally skip over. So we are going to, if you have um, a Bible around you or if you have your device and you want to look at Romans chapter 16, um, it would be great. Um, you could turn there, Romans chapter 16. So um, uh, the, the, the letter to the Romans church um, was um, written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, people really don't dispute that. Um, um, and uh, in, in Rome at the time, what's happening is there is a Greek, there's a, uh, sorry, a, a um, Gentile church, and there's a Jewish church. And those churches have influences from Greek, from Roman, from different kinds of cultures and contexts. And um, uh, what had happened is that um, Actually, the founders of the Roman church were actually Jewish, or yeah, were actually uh, Jewish Christians. But sometime in 40 AD, the emperor Claudius um, expelled the Jewish community from Rome. So then what happened is that uh, the Roman church was primarily composed of Gentiles for a number of years. When that edict was lifted, then those Jews that had been dispersed um, found out that they could return to, many of them returned to their home in Rome, uh, they ended up coming back. So when they came back, um, these Jewish and Gentile Christians who had different cultural ways of expressing their faith, the same faith, the faith that was in Jesus, but different cultural ways of expressing it. And so this letter was written to the Romans by Paul addressing a lot of the tension that was between, between these two valid cultural expressions of Christian faith. Um, which I think is very interesting and maybe even contextual for, for our moments in some ways. But the Jewish community, and, and so there's, there's lots of other things going on here too because there are socioeconomic differences. Much, most of the Jewish community was predominantly poor. And I imagine that was probably connected to the fact that it had, the Jewish community was, dis, was remo you know, had, to, had to leave, was expelled, and then coming back, um, um, that, that probably uh, very much impacted that. Um, um, 
so anyway, um, so given the situation, uh, the Roman Christians uh, there um, needed some instruction about racial reconciliation and cross-cultural sensitivity, and there's a lot. Um, reading Romans in that context is actually uh, very, very interesting and much more fascinating um, with, with that lens. But um, so that's why and how and sort of to whom the, Ro the letter to the Romans was written. Um, what I want us to take a look at is actually the closing, the end, as um, Paul is, is um, uh, uh, closing out his letter. So um, Romans chapter 16, I'm going to begin with verse 1. Um, just one second here. Let me pick that up. Um, okay. Let me pick that up. Romans chapter 16, verse 1, begins with this. And here's what I want you to pay. Actually, before I start reading, pay attention to this. I want, I'm going to ask you when I'm done reading, what do you notice? Who do you notice? Um, what things jump out to you about the people who are mentioned here at the end of this letter? Okay? So Romans chapter 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a worthy in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles and are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who is the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who's those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet, Ruf, uh, greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asencritus, Phlegon, I'm totally slaughtering these names. Um, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay, uh, would you text, would you write out um, if you are able to, uh, what do you notice about this list of the people who are the church in Rome? What are some things that you notice? We will, um, uh, who, who, yeah, who do you see? Who is represented? Um, there are definitely um, some challenges in just names that are foreign to us in a way. But yes, Trevor, absolutely a strong female presence in this list. Um, yeah, absolutely. Many women, absolutely. Um, 
our um, the very first woman who's listed, he says, our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church. And um, uh, deacons, um, historically, as the church was um, figuring out how to meet needs and how to how to operate and how to be, um, uh, deacons um, were, there's a lot of evidence that that leadership was primarily focused on the poor and needy members of the church. So um, if you think about in many churches today, we have what we call deacon, there are deacon boards. Um, historically, those were people who were committed to the work of those who were needy among them. So I found that pretty interesting. Also, we notice about Phoebe that she was the language that we talk, used to talk about her is that she was a patron. She was likely a wealthy benefactor, um, um, giving so that Paul could continue his work and his ministry. Um, and she is likely the carrying this letter to the Roman church, which means she's also not just like a, a male person, so to speak, but she would be the one to um, uh, bring any clarity or understanding about anything that was written in the letter when communicating communicating to um, that church. Yes, Emily, absolutely sounds like a few uh, different cultures, nationalities, absolutely based on the names. Um, yeah, and very cool that Paul is. Yeah, it's interesting. He, you know, Paul is um, uh, uh, calling out individuals and there's a lot of speculation about why he called out those particular people. And of all of his letters, this is the longest one, has the most names um, in it. And it's interesting to me too, he had actually never, he had yet to get to Rome. So um, these are people that he has um, either met along his way in ministry or people that he has um, been able to connect with um, through long distance which is also uh, fascinating to me in this moment. Um, another couple he mentions, Priscilla and Aquila, who he calls his co-workers, um, who risked their lives uh, with him. But uh, Priscilla and Aquila were um, uh, Jews. They were expelled from Rome um, during that time that I mentioned earlier. So um, um, I think we might even call them refugees um, as they uh, ended up landing. They landed in Ephesus with Paul and they traveled with him on different missionary journeys. And, and Paul says they were also risking their lives facing danger as they were sharing the gospel. I've also found it interesting, Paul, uh, they, Priscilla and Aquila were some of the first people he met. He stayed with them and he worked with them. They were all tent makers together. So I thought, I thought that was um, interesting. And um, we also learn uh, in the book of Acts that they were mentors and they discipled um, a, uh, other Jewish Christian um, leaders like Apollos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have, um, we have a, a um, yes, Vic pointing out, we have new converts, we have um, servants, slaves, we have uh, parents or um, mothers, um, hard workers, and yes, these are descriptors that are used of women. And um, we have, uh, it is interesting to note that Priscilla's name is mentioned first, which usually that, uh, which would be uh, not a very common thing to have a woman's name mentioned first, but it speaks to her stature, her reputation, her, um, her role. Um, we have several women who we, uh, what we know about them is that they worked very hard, um, uh, that they were, they were laboring um, um, in that work with Paul. Um, 
I was doing a little bit more digging, and we also have Andronicus and Junia. Um, most think that they were together. They traveled together. They were in uh, ministry together, and they are listed as apostles. And um, I think that is also very interesting. This uh, one, uh, um, There's been uh, debate and conversation around Junia uh, being a female apostle. It's kind of thrown a few people for a loop, So, um, but that is also there, that they were, um, there's speculation that they spent time in prison together based on the fact that she and Andronicus and Junia um, were apostles together, um, being sent in the work. Um, Ampliatus, which is a name that is not um, someone who we don't know very much about, but there is a tomb with the same name who is a wealthy woman who is part of the imperial family. Um, we have names like Ur, um, Urbanus and um, other names that are in this list that were known to be slave names. So they are likely people who are um, slaves or servants. And so we have um, a range of, um, we have people, uh, let me look here, Apelles, who they, um, and Aristotle, um, Aristobulus, who is possibly they think could, could have been one of the brothers of King Agrippa um, from Judea. And we have um, this name Herodian, who is a slave or a freedman from the family of Herod, which was also a ruling uh, family. And then there is a name Narcissus, um, who was noted as being one of the most powerful people under the emperor Claudius. Um, so we have this range of people represented. We have um, men and women. We have slaves and servants and free. And, and I thought this was interesting too, that um, many of those who were servants, if you were a servant that was high up in the, in the um, uh, royalty, in the royal family, in the um, uh, ruling uh, family, if you were a servant, you were actually probably doing better than if you were a freed person um, um, in, in Rome at the time time. Um, so we have socioeconomic, we have cultural, we have ethnic diversity, we have men and women um, represented. And, 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 and I guess this just jumped at me as I was, as I was looking at the scripture, which is normally just a list of people that I might just roll on through. But it gave me a new maybe picture or an idea of um, what the church, early church looked like. And that was just one little spot. That was just one, one place where the church was growing and, and um, flourishing and messy and working through the challenges that come with creating um, multicultural, multi-ethnic space that, that um, was prefiguring, right? So we have women, for example, we have women listed here who are leading, women who are working hard and laboring, women who are benefactors. We have, in, some, in many ways, um, and, and there's suggestion that some of the, that the women were also um, teaching and sharing, which was not culturally what was going on, um, but an image of the kingdom that Jesus had brought um, to earth. And it reminded me of um, the Galatians uh, passage, Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 28, where Paul says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither is there male or female, for you are all, you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that wasn't just an idea idea he had. But I think it was what he was seeing and experiencing and noticing and acknowledging about this, this church, this body um, that was coming alive. And um, in language that my friends in Parish Collective, a, a, a body of is, that was remembering and coming together. And um, it was by no means um, easy. And um, there was deep conflict. And I'm, I'm even reminded of um, 
uh, the conflict, and I may have mentioned this uh, fairly recently, but I keep thinking about that Acts chapter 6 passage where um, people begin to notice that there are uh, certain widows that are being left out of being cared for. And that, um, that inequality and that unfairness and that unjust uh, piece of this, this Christian community, this community that's following Jesus and learning what it means to follow Jesus together is messy and it's broken. And there are times when bias or prejudice or things break into the way in which they're trying to be. And yet there are people in that community you're saying who are who who advocate and say hey we need to take care of everybody um and and they say they're like yeah we do need to make sure that uh we are addressing the needs of everyone in this community so we need to pray and we need to ask god who is full of the spirit who is full of wisdom and let's see who god sets apart to focus on those uh those needs and to make sure that we don't um keep uh, you know, don't overlook anybody who has needs. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, anyway, that was one of the, one of the things that, that it's just, it's just, a, it's a messy and, and not so clean, uh, process, but it's a, um, I think there's this picture and this hope and this vision and this, um, uh, the, the, um, way in which the spirit of God is inviting us to be that, um, doesn't erase, doesn't pretend that those differences or those, those cultural differences or that those economic differences or all those things aren't there, but it's that we are all, um, we are all one in Christ and how, and there's a, I think an ongoing working out of how it is that we exhibit that and how we live that out and, and, and do that in real time, um, as a, as a community. Um, are there, um, any other any other things that um, you recognize or that you see um, in this passage? Yeah, I love these comments that are um, love what what you're noticing and what you're recognizing. Um, yeah, the other thing that jumped out to me was, um, and, and I think we've talked before too about the holy kiss, but I'm, I'm like, man, and the, um, it's like, there aren't even, there aren't, we aren't even, we aren't even doing holy hugs at this point. It's like elbow hits or I don't know, not even high fives. Oh man. Um, um, but in noticing these characteristics and these things and, and the diversity that's represented in the church in Rome, um, how do you imagine the church in Portland? How do you imagine um, the ch church um, in Sunnyside neighborhood? What does that look like? What can we imagine? Um, how do we imagine that coming together? How do we imagine... Um, a faith community like that. How do we belong in this picture of um, this church? Um, it's interesting if you you see, we don't get a lot of details of what everybody did and certainly the way in which we gather and how we practice our faith is different than they did then. Um, but some people here were... Um, 
creating, um, a lot, making space in their home for this church. Um, these were likely house churches. So there's space in, in homes to gather for fellowship and um, teaching and worship and eating together. So um, we see people opening up their homes. We see that um, there are probably people who were focused on on helping and making sure that the poor and the needy of that community were taken care of. Um, as I was reading this, I was imagining that there are um, those of us that are call the Groves um, their home, or even if you're listening from <coughs> from wherever you're listening from, there. Um, how are the ways in which you belong and are um, a part of um, following Jesus in community with one another? Um, there are partnerships. It looks like there are women who are on their own. There are men and women, um, likely partners who are traveling together. Um, households. Mm. One of the um, men who is um, Rufus, who is asked to be greeted, and his mother, who's been a mother to him, and so we see some uh, familial things there. Yeah. That's good. I'm uh, from the Rathbuns here. When I read that Priscilla and Aquila risked their lives for Paul, it makes me think about what I'm willing to do and what lengths I'm willing to go for my brothers and sisters, especially those who are suffering and or marginalized. And Nancy, I'd love to see one where we love, enjoy, deeply value the differences in cultures, race, expressions, where we're truly caring for one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love, um, thank you, Vic, for um, highlighting the ways in which um, Josh, who is uh, living in uh, right near the facility, how he has um, been an expression of our faith community and of God and his love and his care for people by just by cutting grass, even when he gets a little... Um, I want to say snookered. Is that a word anyone uses anymore? <laughs> anyway, he got a little, a little tricked into uh, cutting some lawns. But thank you, Josh. <laughs> what? Yes, a little catfished. That's the word we're going to use for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good, it was a really good thing from a woman who is very influential is in the neighborhood. She's actually lived there for many, many years and is um, really invested. So I just love that he, he made that connection with her. It was great. You should ask him about that story sometime. Yeah. And Leroy, like you said, the church lived uh, publicly counterculturally um, where um, where the spirit of God, they followed the spirit of God. And that absolutely um, put them in tension uh, with the, some of the cultural norms that were going on around them. 
about about um, the unity that comes to the spirit. In fact, I read one of the in one of the commentaries, one of the notes was that there were other um, cults, religious practices, gatherings, people that would get together and say and say that they were those things that they that anyone was sort of in our language, everyone and anyone was welcome. Um, and but what they but they what they were really practicing was um, ended up being exclusionary. And what we see in the gospel here in the early church and and even um, if we think something that is closer to our um, time, although still a, a, a while ago, um, when we read about um, Azusa Street um, um, revival, um, it is marked by um, the the removal of those barriers of socioeconomic, of race, um, you know, class, gender, all those things break down when we see the spirit of God moving um, um, among, among, the, among the church. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so I read as I was, um, I don't have a really brilliant ending to this particular, um, talk today. I, I, I was fascinated and I'm encouraged and I'm, um, uh, my imagination is stirred and, um, and I feel an affirmation in my heart about the kind of faith community that Paul and I have talked about and dreamed about for so long. One that um, when we first came here and we came as Chi Alpha Campus missionaries as well as church planters, and we imagined, right, the professors and the students, those with homes, those without homes, um, those who, uh, you know, a cross-section of the neighborhood of the community that we were meeting in. That's what we were hoping for. And, um, I think that we are being invited into, I, I feel confident that what we are being invited into is to um, to reflect and to express um, uh, that God's love for all people. And um, as we are on that journey um, to becoming a, uh, a, a truly welcoming, a truly inviting, um, a multicultural faith community as we walk in that direction. Um, it's certainly not going to uh, be the easiest journey that any of us have been on. It's certainly going to be times when we, in our best of efforts, just like the early church, they're going to end up falling short and having to uh, repent and correct. And there are probably ways in which um, we will be, I know there will be ways in which we will be invited to repentance time and time again in the process of turning from recognizing different lenses, different ways that we've seen the world, different uh, ways in which we've treated one another or, 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 you know, falling short. But what I'm hoping and what I'm believing and what I trust is that God is leading us, his spirit is in all of us, and, and he is leading us and guiding us and directing us and uh, building us up together um, to represent the the beauty and the diversity of his church, of his people. And... Um, and so I just, um, yeah, bring that piece of scripture to you that maybe might be overlooked many times just to encourage us um, of who we are and who we are becoming and um, maybe awaken some imagination for um, who we are called to be as the groves as we gather currently in the Sunnyside neighborhood. Um, um, I will um, just maybe close this off with some prayer this morning um, and um, yeah, encourage you to enjoy some sunshine because it looks like the sun is shining. So here we go. Here's the prayer, everybody.
Um, God, we thank you so much for, um, again, for how good you are. And we ask for your grace and your mercy, your wisdom, and um, yeah, for uh, uh, what is ahead. Um, we trust you to keep guiding us and directing us. And um, we are your church. We are your people. So come and live through us. Come be in us. Um, we love you in Jesus' name.